It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock. And it is time for episode 236 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Uh, Brian, an unseasonably bright evening here in the Northeast. I believe the effects of the Aurora Borealis going on right now. Um, but how are you doing on this, uh, the, the second Sunday night in December? Uh, doing wonderful, Ron. Um, I don't know, but, uh, you know, a lot of people see Sunday night and they get nervous. They get anxious. Right. They're feeling, the, you know, the, uh, the worries from the upcoming work week. Not us. You know, right now, I feel like, you know, like the, like the weekend's not over yet. There's right. so much time left. I feel like, you know, what we're going to pack in this evening is is what some people do in their entire Sundays. Hmm. And um, what the, it appears you're in corporate housing again. Uh, Still in what corporate e- housing. What yes. exactly is going on now in your in your regular? You were back in the apartment a couple of weeks yes. back. Um, now back in corporate housing. What's going on? There was an outbreak of genital lice um, on the third and fourth floors of my apartment building. One of the things that uh, you know was uh, has been. Uh, uh, a, a real distress for myself is the fact that my apartment uh, a property manager, they've recently started marketing the property to um, various sex tourism mm. uh, websites. I've heard about as this. A, yeah, as a destination spot. You know, if you're if you're tired of Thailand um, and you've just had enough with underage girls, um, come to Queens, New York, where you can have literally a, a apartment floor um, dedicated to nothing but orgies. Hmm. So what they do on the third floor floor is they have removed all the apartment doors, okay. bedrooms, apart, like everything, closets, all the doors have been removed. Um, you basically, they have set up a little uh, a desk in the, uh, in the lobby where uh, the visitors come in, they check in uh, with the desk and they go right up to the third floor where they are immediately handed one condom for their one week stay and a, um, a, a one gallon uh, a industrial uh, jar of lube. And basically they stay there for the week um, having uh, rampant sex with uh, men, women, uh, donkeys, midgets, um, uh, uh, pieces of fruit. Right. Um, Interesting. You know, oh, absolutely. It's it's just awful. Um, and I'm on the seventh floor. So uh, basically the Department of Health raided the building <clears throat> uh, this uh, Thursday night after the um, undercover inspectors had spent about um, seven to eight hours um, observing. Right, right, and, right. And uh, building got shut down. So I, I'm back in corporate housing for this week. Um, you know, it's starting to feel like home to me, Ron. All right. Well, I guess uh, all we can do is just plow through it and get into the episode. And uh, as always, starting things off with uh, with drink of the week. Drink of the week. Salud. Drink of the week. Trasha. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink All right, Brian, what uh, what are you drinking this week, my friend? 
All right, Ron. This is nothing. This may look like a coffee mug, right? But it's not. Inside is what I am going to call my favorite Christmas beverage. Oh, I'm not going to call it holiday, no, because I'm not looking to be inclusive of uh, 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 Hanukkah fans or Kwanzaa fans. This is this is a Christmas drink. All right, this and- is for baby Jesus. What you're looking at here, Ron is raw, organic, 100% unfiltered apple cider. Mm. Um, It is uh, spiked with a little bullet bourbon because I needed some alcohol on this fine Sunday evening. Sure. Um, But it's warmed up to perfection. One of my favorite holiday drinks is the apple cider. So cheers to you. Cider and bourbon. I mean, it really is a, a classic pairing for the fall. Oh, that's so good. There you go. Take another sip. Take another sip. You have earned it, my friend. Uh, now, it's it's raw and organic. I don't know what raw implies here. I'm assuming it means it hasn't been pasteurized. So I'll likely get tapeworms um, before Tuesday. But right now, it's going down delicious. Yeah, Ron, I think it, it means whatever was left on the actual apple is ground up in the cider with it. Now, the problem I have in terms of the kill floor um, apple at the apple um, factory here is... Um, you know, are they killing the apples humanely? Are those apples in their last moments of life living in fear where those toxins are being secreted throughout the apple through um, into its flesh so that when it's time for me to drink this just delicious apple beverage, like am I taking those toxins right. in? You know, like was this a grass fed apple? Was this an apple that was allowed, you know, to walk Free around? Free range apple. Exactly. If you mm-hmm. I get it. Exactly. This may call for a Ron and Brian investigation. Uh, we should, uh, we'll reach out to Matt and uh, and get him working on that. I would appreciate that. Matt, Matt's been a little lazy um, this little past week. A little bit. I know he does. I know he does a couple other podcasts, um, you know, uh, which we don't, we don't like. Right. We don't appreciate. It's not, but since we um, don't pay him, we can't really, you know, we can't really complain too much. Well, we have given him some of the Patreon money over the past month. Um, you know, some of the money that our loyal Patreons, it's part of their monthly subscriptions, have been contributing to us. You know, we have been putting money towards his uh, rehab. Right. Please. I know that, you know, during the during the week, Monday through Friday, he's staying at an inpatient rehab facility for his voracious cocaine addiction. And I believe that's how his counselors termed it, voracious. Yes. Um, and I believe the other quote was life-threatening uh, cocaine. Sure, habit. sure. Well, I mean, the most disturbing part was when he was just um, uh, mainlining uh, baking powder. Yeah, you know, it was it was, said, a, it, was a, it was a low point. They said there's no cocaine in there, Matt. Put the pipe down, and he said, No, 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 no. Check out that rock. Um, it was low. It was it was it was a sad moment, Ron. Yes. Be drinking. So this week, Brian, uh, had a few last night. Recovering today. I'm not as young as I used to be. So just, uh, just. But you've had the whole day. You've had the whole day to recover. It's it's a rough day, but I'm going just straight coffee uh, this evening. Um, Of course, in our custom Brian mug, uh, we have heard you. you know, it, it continuously sells out. We get we get an order of these. Well, first, let me take a sip of this coffee. This is uh, from Costco. This is their whole bean coffee, which is actually Starbucks medium roast. 
Mm. I used to drink that all the time. It's solid. Solid cup yeah. of coffee. You'll get to experience this next next weekend when you come for a visit. It's um, going to be a wonderful cup of coffee. You moved me over to La Coloma coffee. Yes, I need to pick up some of that, too. I love that. But anyway, um, yeah, so uh, we get an order of these mugs in. They sell out instantaneously. We we have heard there are, you know, there are still supply chain issues due to COVID. Um, we are working on a larger order. Um, you know, it all depends on your comfort level with how much lead is contained in the coffee mug. Uh, so if we can cut some corners, um, grease a few hands and customs, um, we can get some, uh, some, some shoddier quality mugs in. Uh, but that also allows us to bring the cost of the mug down. I mean, we're we're going sure. to pass that savings along to you. Well, to me, the thing is just the fact of, you know, you know, um, we spend so much time on international news here on the podcast because it does affect you, uh, the loyal fan of Ron and Brian podcast. So right. we all have been, um, you know, paying very close attention to China's COVID zero policy. Or is it zero COVID? Zero COVID, uh, which they have zero. actually started to uh, yeah. to uh, loosen up the reins. So we are we are hopeful to get more of this product in soon. Yeah. So our factory that we have purchased in um, in southwestern um, China, a lot of people go with 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 the east because they think well, you want to be right sure. next to the to the ocean. No, no. The finer products are all the way in western China. That you know, sure transportation to um, the nearest port is slightly difficult, but we still power, you know, that's, it's just, it's a good business decision. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there was an outbreak of COVID. One person tested positive in our factory um, six weeks ago. And, you know, the, the authorities have just shut down the factory. You know, it's a trickle down losing. effect. It's a trickle down. But I will say, even with the limited supplies, uh, the Brian Coffee Mug uh, outselling the new Ron LaPel pin uh, 12 to 1. Um, I know we are typically very competitive about our merch, and this is something I would normally be upset about. But I am just proud um, that your new product is so popular with our fans out there. I saw two of our Patreon um, friends of the show. Um, I saw two of our Patreon members uh, this weekend. Right. And I delivered, hand delivered their That's service uh, right there. Their Ron lapel pin. And I will say that the um, the watching, you know, it's one of those things where it's just, you know, giving. It's like Christmas morning. Better. You know, it's like when you were a kid and that very special gift that you didn't think you were going to get. Sure. And you opened up that present and there it was because mom and dad had fooled you. They said, oh, we're not going to be able to get yeah. this in in time. And that's the kind of, of look on their faces, I can imagine. Watching their eyes light up when they realized that I really did order lapel pins for them all. as they like Because both of them... Um, both Dom and, and, and Billy, when I handed it to them, both of their, the look of shock on their face and they looked at me and both of them said, you really did that. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, I, I really like they spent, would doubt you. I spent my real, my, my hard earned, my, I want that. I want to, I want that mug too. Like people, like the, the factory issues are so bad that I don't even have no. one of those mugs yet. The man himself does not have a mug. Can I see that mug again? One more time. 
fucking hate it. It's so genius. I have a question for you, all joking yeah. aside. Do you use that mug throughout the week or is that simply your podcast mug? This is simply my podcast mug. I, okay. I like a I like a little bit more coffee normally. This is a smaller mug than I typically would like. I think Got when it. we finally do get everything straightened out, um, I may see if we can do a reprint and a larger, maybe a 16-ounce mug. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's really, you know, coffee connoisseurs like you and I. Uh, that's yes. really the amount of coffee we want to have in, in a sit-down. Well, to me, ultimately, I want to have a 32-ounce coffee mug. Like, I want a, um, a, I want like a soup, like a soup bowl with a handle on the side of it. So you I want a big say, gulp of coffee is basically what it comes down to. I want to be able to say I had one cup of coffee this morning. There you go. And Maybe it's 64 cup. ounces, but that's not the point. <laughs> the point is go. the fact that I had one cup of coffee. Ron? Yes. What's bothering you this week? You mean, what's our beef of the week? Can you give me some relief? Oh, wrong button. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Uh, so you're asking me my beef this week, Brian. Uh, it's also with the supply chain, surprisingly enough. Not only uh, is, it, is it mugs that's screwing up production, uh, but other products as well. I saw a product on TikTok, which, um, you know me, I love my kitchen gadgets, and I, and I wanted to purchase it, Brian. It's a little something called the Stuffler. And you hear that name and you think that it's probably something perverted. Uh, but what it is, Brian, you can make yourself stuffed waffles, and so the uh, this one in the photo, uh, it's like a dessert type waffle. But I saw somebody on TikTok, they made uh, chicken and waffles with the chicken and the cheese stuffed inside of the waffle. And then they like made a ham and Swiss inside of a waffle. You can do I ham and Swiss. Off. You can do a Monte Cristo. Uh, this person also did a pepperoni pizza inside of a waffle. I mean, at the end of the day, I think we need to agree that uh, a waffle is a, a perfect delivery method for a lot of different foods. Um, they made a s'mores stuffed waffle. Just, you know, the the the, the possibilities are endless. So uh, sure. with with the uh, with my wife's birthday coming up uh, this upcoming week and having a little get together with some friends, I figured I could make like some chicken and waffles for us to eat. This, Brian, I cannot find it anywhere where it would get delivered before the beginning of the year. And Wait, these so, are so so it's sold out pretty much like it's for immediate or for immediate delivery. Out? I've yet to be able to find it. Can I ask a question? I'm assuming you've watched multiple videos. How do you how do they insert the filling inside of the waffle? So if you see that piece with the red handle, that's like a little uh, almost form that goes in there. So you put a little it's it's so it's thicker. That's how you get the thickness. You put down a layer of uh, waffle batter. And then sure. you put in the layer of whatever you want to have stuffed inside of the waffle. And then you put more waffle ba- batter on top of it. Close it. Flip it over and give it seven to eight minutes to cook. But what's preventing the waffle batter from just sliding over whatever topping you're putting inside? Um, I guess uh, when you put that first layer of uh, batter down, uh, mm-hmm. the waffle iron, I believe, is already on. So it's going to start to cook a little bit. So it's going to set up that bottom layer a little bit for you. So the so like say I wanted to put like a, a piece of ham and Swiss inside. I, to me, the ham and Swiss is just going to sink to the bottom. Uh, well, you got to remember how thick waffle batter is too. It's not like it's it's liquid, but it's it's a thicker liquid, so it's not necessarily going to sink in. But again, right. I won't be able to tell you for sure uh, because I'm not going to be able to get this for a few weeks. Got it. Well, that's a shame. It's frustrating. It is frustrating. Uh, Brian, what's bothering you this week, my friend? 
Okay. Uh, listen, you know me. I love the holiday season. I am all about it. So um, earlier this weekend, I went to uh, one of those um, uh, uh, pop-up Christmas villages where there are um, – uh, what do I want to call it? Not, I wouldn't really call them stores. They're really like huts. Right. Where um, different vendors have set up shop to sell their wares. Uh, my beef is false advertising when it comes <laughs> to Christmas villages. Really? Um, because what I found was not a Christmas village, but what I found was just people selling trinkets of junk. <laughs> that unfortunately uh, will happen. We have a, we have a Christmas village down in Philly, and uh, unfortunately, it's uh, it's very similar at times. Literally, it was um, uh, uh, costume jewelry. It was um, uh, Native American uh, ponchos and rugs. There were people selling little um, chocolates. Um, there were um, apple cider, uh, uh, not apple cider. Yeah, there were apple cider. There were hot cocoa vendors, which mm. also. Yeah. Um, I would like to uh, somebody to explain to me how the Koreans have uh, embraced the corn dog. <laughs> I did not realize that they had done that. Oh my God! Have you, you need to look up Korean corn dog? Okay. Because because um, it is an entire industry that has embraced the corn dog. But has gone crazy with um, the toppings, so it's no longer just a corn dog. It's the hot dog and the cornmeal. But then they're going to put bacon and 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 hot syrup and spicy, you know, uh, Cajun style seasonings all over it. Wild. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm walking through this Christmas village, sipping my apple cider, all all ready to experience Christmas two weeks in advance. And what I got was just staring at like you know. Um, uh, air blown glass with uh, uh, little, uh, you know, pieces of uh, colored confetti uh, glued on top. Just so disappointing. If you're going to do a Christmas village, people, everything inside needs to be Christmas themed. That's the rule. That okay. To be the way it was. Now they've stretched it to the point where it's just like, well, some of this stuff you could buy as a Christmas gift. No, that is false advertising. Right. I do. Nobody lies to Brian and gets away with it. <laughs> Listen, you, uh, you are a man of high principles. I think anybody that knows you uh, would course, say that. Of course, of course, of um, course. And, and not everything uh, could, can, be a, uh, can be a Christmas gift. Yes. Just well, like not every movie can be a Christmas movie. But don't advertise yourself as a Christmas movie and not be. I mean, True. still to this day, I, um, you know, I refuse to watch um, Die Hard a second time. We had, um, we that, had that argument last year. That was advertised as the Christmas movie that you cannot miss, and it turned out to be just this uh, this 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 action. You know, you know, Christmas movie does not involve terrorists killing people at point blank range with a handgun. Now, here's a question for you. We I know you're feeling about Die Hard, and, and we're kind of going on off on a tangent here, which we never do, obviously. Uh, but there is a uh, a local theater, uh, historic theater nearby, and they're playing a lot of different uh, Christmas themed movies sure. uh, every weekend leading up to the holiday. Gremlins, Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie? I'm going. My answer here is it is not a Christmas movie. It's a movie that takes place at Christmas. Okay. Like for something to be a Christmas movie in my mind, it has to be about Christmas. Okay. Like I got the you. tie to Christmas and Gremlins is that he was looking for a Christmas gift for his kid. 
See, and I will, I will, I will agree with you on that. Like Gremlins takes place at Christmas. Now, mm -hmm. where I where I disagree with you on the Die Hard part is Christmas is the main reason that John McClane went out to California is to go Ron, to his wife's to... company Christmas party. We're going to argue. So Christmas was the reason that the guy bought his kid a Gremlin. I, you like, know, it's that it's it's is like. He could have flown out there on July 4th for a, a, an Independence Day party. He could have flown out there on July 17th for um, uh, Brian's uh, birthday. Um, it just so happened that they made it Christmas. But the movie is about terrorists that take over the Nakatomi Plaza. Very nice. In, um, in Century City, I believe it was. Um, and, uh, um, and there was one police officer who happens to be in the building um, off duty out of his jurisdiction who decides that he's not going to um, lay down for the terrorists. He's going to nope. fight back yeah. after taking his shoes off. Well, well, we'll, we'll put that aside so we can get to the, uh, the news of the week. Obviously one of the biggest pieces of news this past week is WNBA star Brittany Griner freed from a labor camp in Russia uh, in a prisoner swap. Uh, we get, uh, Brittany Griner back. Mm -hmm. um, the Russia gets back notorious arms dealer uh, Victor Bout, uh, also known as what was that? What was that little nickname he had, Brian? Um, Merchant of Death. Merchant of Death. Uh, so uh, there was definitely a, a couple of narratives coming out from this. Uh, number one, uh, people thinking that this wasn't necessarily. Um, an equal trade uh, that uh, we get uh, again. We get a, a American citizen back that can shoot a jump shot, and they get back a notorious arms dealer um, who had a network of uh, of planes and delivered weapons around the world. Ron, um, I'm just going to say that she's a WNBA star. Her ability to um, make a jump shot is questionable. <laughs> Fair um, enough. I don't know if you've watched WNBA games recently. But the level of accuracy in that sport is questionable. And I, and I do feel for the WNBA because a lot of people uh, shit on the WNBA. I think one of the main jokes was this is the first WNBA trade that people actually paid attention to. Jeans joke. Jeans joke. <laughs> I mean, listen, and I, 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 I don't want to be sexist in this comment. But the truth of the matter is, is that um, there is not an interest level for WNBA. Like, I absolutely understand that there are women that want to play basketball i understand that there are women that are good at basketball but simply because there is a desire to play basketball and there is a desire to promote women's basketball does not mean that there is a market for women's basketball the idea that in 2022 or whatever year the wnba really came into play was how long has it been around for about 10 15 years possibly i'm not i couldn't tell you for certain yeah they are playing to to empty stadiums you know, um, so it's just it's it's here. This well, this year, isn't this isn't a story of, of WNBA. So I I understand your your, your thoughts on the WNBA. I want to more hear your thoughts on this trade. Uh, the other narrative coming out from the right is wondering why uh, they didn't also try to get former Marine Paul Whalen, uh, who has been uh, in prison in Russia for for a longer period of time. Why they have not been able to get him back either? So how, thoughts on thoughts on shape? this trade yeah. in general. 
was not wasn't Paul Whelan doing some shady shit over there? Well, so so Russia's Russia's argument is, you know, that Brittany Griner's case was different. You know, she was, you know, she was obviously caught with a vape pen. You know, it was it was a, basically a drug law violation. Whereas they accused Paul Whelan of espionage uh, while over right. in Russia, um, which he, you know, which he denies. So, sure. which, uh, if he was is, doing espionage. He would be denied. You should do that. Uh, now, what's interesting is uh, is John Bolton, uh, former national security advisor uh, for President Trump, said that during the, the Trump administration, um, they had actually explored a trade for Paul Whelan uh, for Victor Bout, uh, but determined that, you know, the danger that Victor Bout uh, presented, you know, made that trade uh, unreasonable. So sure. you now have to then question and if that's if that's true, we don't know if it is or not. You then have to wonder, you know, should there have been any instance where where this man should have been freed? I mean, again, you want to get Americans uh, back that are being held in foreign countries. Um, this also opens up the possibility of, of saying, you know, under a Biden administration, if you want to get, you know, some one of your your fellow countrymen freed that's held captive in the U.S., just kidnap an American and, and we'll 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 do a trade for him. Listen, this was a situation where you had a relatively um, this was a trade that Biden had to make um, under no circumstances. Was he in a position where he could look weak to his um, uh, constituents, meaning Democratic voters um, and his uh, uh, you know fan base, Democrats, um, to allow a. Um, you know, uh, uh, an African-American um, sports figure to be, uh, you know, sent away for nine, 10 years in a Soviet prison for uh, possession of, uh, of a vape pen. You know, the idea, unfortunately, was that he did not have much that the Russians wanted to exchange for her. She, you know, as much as she is not important to the overall daily activity of America, there were a lot. Everybody knew who she was. Nobody knows. Like, like if, think about it this way. Take a poll a week ago. How many people knew who Brittany Griner was and how many people knew who Paul Whelan was? Right. You know, it was it's it's just simply the fact that she and her um, and this case was very much on people's radar. It very much was a question on a daily basis, especially in the African-American community of what is Biden doing to ensure that this woman is not being locked away for the next 10 years of her life? You know, what are the efforts that America is doing? It was reaching at a point where it was a um, it was becoming a black eye, pardon the pun, um, on the uh, 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 Biden administration that she was being uh, uh, sent away for so many years. And they literally were um, unable to uh, uh, convince the Russians to let her go. Uh, Russians played hardball. They definitely got the the um, they got something that was more, uh, much more tangible in terms of uh, uh, being beneficial to to their efforts. But at the same time, Biden did not have much to trade. And, you know, I think, you know, for me, it always raises uh, the bigger question of, you know, should we as Americans be 
traveling to countries that we have such poor diplomatic relationships with. And I know with Brittany Griner, it was a little different because she was playing for uh, for a basketball team over there. But I mean, you look at situations like that. You look at someone like an Otto Warmbler who was, you know, captured in, in North Korea. Yes. Like there are there are so many places and I get you want to go see different cultures, travel, whatever. No. There are plenty of areas in this world that we can travel to with countries that we have decent relationships with. Mm-hmm. But for people that get captured in Iran, they get captured in Russia, they get captured in North Korea. Like, why are you traveling to these countries and supporting these economies of people that, you know, their end game would be the destruction of America? Well, I mean, in this case, I, I listen, um, has this woman paid a price? I can imagine that the last few months of her life have been quite unpleasant. Sure. Um, and at the same time, I genuinely hope at some point, um, you know, she has spent some time thinking to herself, what the fuck was I thinking not going through my luggage and right. making sure that I was not bringing something over there that the Russians might take unkindly to. I mean, keep in mind when she was um, uh, arrested going through customs, the the war with Russia with uh, Ukraine had just started. The Russians were looking, you know, were absolutely in a position of playing hardball with the world. This this just this was a gift that fell into their laps, all because she sat there and said, "Hey, I'm a you know I'm allowed to bring a, a weed wherever I go." The fact that this was medicinal marijuana that she was taking um, because it had been prescribed to her in, in America, the, you know, um, the arrogance of, and I'm not saying this is what her mindset was. Right. I have not spoken to her. I have no idea what she was thinking, but just the arrogance of, well, if my doctor prescribed it, I can bring it anywhere I want. You know, if I'm going to Russia, I'm going through my luggage um, 18 times. Yeah. Heck, if I'm flying to, uh, uh, to you know, anywhere in, in the continental United States, I'm going through my luggage 18 times in case I, you know, somebody put a handgun in there. I don't own handguns, but just in case, I don't. Every want to now be arrested. and then, every now and then, you accidentally end up with a handgun in your luggage. You Correct. have the, you have the worst luck that way. I do not want TSA coming across a loaded nine millimeter in my in my uh, carry on. I do not want that to happen. So I am going through my luggage uh, uh, ridiculously. This woman sits there with a vape pen going through and be like, oh. Um, you know, the it, it, it's a fucking shame what happened, but I kind of feel like this was something Biden had to do. I do very much enjoy the narrative on the right, which is no matter what Biden did, they were um, going to be upset about. Oh, sure. Because the fact that she was there, they were going after Biden for looking weak, that, that he was unable to do anything. And then at the same time, they're going after him when he does do something. Well, and it's funny because in that, you know, in that initial news cycle, you start seeing the right throwing out, you know, talking points and, and seeing what sticks. So first it was like, well, Brittany Griner better stand when the national anthems played. And that really didn't get a lot of traction. But then people Correct. thought, you know, people were like, oh, this is a lopsided trade. And oh, we didn't get Paul Whelan back. So it's like it's like in that first couple of hours after it was announced, you know, you see six or eight Republican sure. talking points get thrown out and then they see which, you know, which gets the most likes, which gets the most retweets. And then they really start to hammer home those points. Sure. So it's just like, well, but to your point, no one, no one celebrated the fact that we were able to get um, one American out of Russia. It's why didn't we get this other one? Why do we give up so much? Um, it's, it's unfortunately uh, the, the narrative that goes on in, in, in this country. 
I don't think there's anything to celebrate right now. I'm not. I, I, right. I'm not going to lie and pretend that like I'm. I'm. I'm pleased that this trade was made. I mean, she went over there willingly. She went over there to make money willingly. The um the left argument of no one's talking about what a shame it is that we pay our WNBA players so little that they have to supplement their income by playing during the off season in foreign countries. Um, that went nowhere. Right, and, and, and it's utter bullshit. Um. You know, uh, if you said to me, hey, why don't you go to Russia and uh, make some money? I would be like, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm OK. Uh, thank Russia you very is, much. I, Ron, I don't I don't even want to go to the deep south. Like if you were to say <laughs> to me, Brian, go to Tennessee, Brian, go to Georgia or Alabama. Um, no, thank Hard you. Path. Mississippi. No, nah, my people. Mm, no, this nose. This nose is not going over too well in uh, West West Virginia. Um so it's a, there are places in America I won't even go to, let alone countries that are openly um, hostile to right. America. And, um, you know, the fact that we had to get her back because at the end of the day, I do believe in the military creed of, um, you know, uh, never leave anyone behind. Genuinely believe that. Okay. Even if you don't like this person, they are still an American. Um, it seems as if uh, at some point there became a... Um, a divide in this country between we are Americans versus non-Americans to um, uh, uh, my ideology is in more in line with somebody from Russia. So I'm going to be more sympathetic to um, some people in Russia than I am with other Americans. Um, you know, if I'm a fascist, I'm going to be more in line with, uh, you know, the fascist uh, leaders in Italy than right. I will with um, Americans who I disagree with. No, she's an American. And at the end of the day, you get Americans back. You, All right. you, you do not let Americans languish in prisons overseas, especially if they've not really, um, you know, uh, if, if they're undeserving of it. Um, should we do everything we can to get Paul Whelan back? Absolutely. Um, the Otto guy in North Korea, I don't really know what the fuck his deal was, um, but he had no business being in North Korea. I'm terribly yeah. sorry. That's no an even business. worse place to travel than Russia, in my opinion. That's, that is the worst place because they are absolutely looking to try to um, – uh, uh, looking for bait on, uh, on 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 how they can leverage the the value of what they have. No, absolutely not. Um, this was a terrible trade, um, and at the end of the day, it was one that needed to be made. All right. Speaking of Russia, uh, the Kremlin is denying a report uh, that Vladimir Putin recently fell down a flight of stairs and defecated on himself. Uh, this report came from uh, the Telegram cha uh, channel General SVR, uh, supposedly run by a former <laughs> Kremlin spy, uh, which claims that the 70-year-old Russian leader uh, suffered the fall in his residence uh, back on November 30th. Uh, he reportedly landed on his tailbone, uh, causing him to, quote, involuntarily defecate due to cancer affecting his stomach and bowels. Mm. Now, we, there's there's definitely been a number of reports about Putin's health uh, in the last few sure. months about him having cancer, uh, potentially having Parkinson's, potentially having um, Alzheimer's. Um, but it's it's yeah. But every but every time he appears in public, though, he still puts forth like a very strong public persona. So what's your I mean, you you've you've got a good sense. You're our media consultant here on the Ron and Brian podcast. What's your take as far as the validity of this report? Do you feel I think that um, it, there is absolutely an attempt in the media to um, how do I say this politely? Be smart. Putin to anger Good Putin. Word. There has been a very um, uh, uh, vocal um, uh, 
uh, uh, contention and in the media and, you know, where these sources are coming from, nobody knows. Um, but the mainstream media is absolutely obsessed with his health. Um, stories of his cancer treatments, of uh, blotchiness on his face, looking bloated, um, uh, puncture wounds on his hands, which might uh, confer uh, uh, IV use. Right. Um, it is absolute. There, there, there's definitely a um, you know a, a segment of the American society that is pushing this narrative that Putin is not healthy. Um, I guess in an effort to make him look weak, to make him feel weak, to distract him from uh, the uh, the world that he has created around himself, which is that he is um, you know the most powerful man in the world, that he is you know a, a threat. Now they're putting out this narrative that he. Um, uh, soiled his underwear. You know, it, it could be that the the hope is that there's blowback on the um, inside of Russia that this news somehow gets in there and people start thinking of him as weak. And this is how they're looking at our, our Russian leaders. We need to overthrow. Well, that, yeah, that was kind of going to be my question. Is it is it more is it more a case of they're trying to get this news to the Russian people? Because there's also there, there's been growing uh, sentiment about Putin's removal due to the war in Ukraine. A, a sure. number of, of Russian citizens, you know, are against the war more so since they started just drafting anybody with a pulse to go go over and basically die for their country. Sure. Um, so you have to wonder if this is more of a, a propaganda piece than anything that is actual legitimate news. He doesn't look healthy, you know. True. Um, he does have a um, a, a bloatedness to him. Um, that could also be because he drinks a lot. Uh, you know what I mean? Which, right. which would not necessarily mean, hey, this man's not, a, 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 you know, in his clear mind and needs to be overthrown. Um, but it, it just does feel, you know, it's the same thing where um, when uh, uh, Trump was uh, president, um, where the, uh, the P-tape stories. Right. Where it was, you know, very much a, um, you know... It, you, you didn't know if you should believe it or not. You didn't really care whether you believed it or not. But it was just the idea that you want that, 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 that they wanted you to sit there and think about Donald Trump watching two girls pee on his bed while he was um, uh, enjoying their company um, made you think a little bit less of him as the evangelical Christians did. Sure. Um Staying over in countries that we don't want to visit, uh, Iran, uh, there are reports in the Guardian, uh, Guardian this week that Iranian security forces <clears throat> are targeting women at anti-regime protests uh, with shotgun fire to their faces, breasts, and genitals. Uh, doctors and nurses uh, saying they noticed the practice after seeing women often arrived with different wounds than the men did, uh, who more commonly had shotgun pellets in their legs, buttocks, and backs. Uh, again, Media consultant Brian, thoughts on the validity of this story? Certainly believable, given the way that Iran uh, Iranians treat Iran. uh, women. Yes, um, I, I'm going to say that in the in uh, the moment of battle, I don't believe that you have very much time to look at someone, figure out their gender, and then decide where you're going to aim for. Well, especially with a shotgun. Like, I mean, it's not like the shotgun is the most precise weapon to be firing at people to begin with. Yeah, no. So I'm going to say that this is probably some form of propaganda. All right. Brian rules it propaganda. Uh, what do you think? Well, yeah, this yeah. isn't just 
You know, as fifty-one percent owner of the podcast, what did um, what did uh, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, you know, it's it's one of these things where it, it feels like there could be some validity there, and I think you may have, I think you may have some individuals uh, within the Iranian security forces that are doing this purposely. Um, but I don't know that it would necessarily be a, be a policy. Like, I think if you are, you know, I I think there's, I think there is just a a blanket policy of, you know, bringing pain to those that are protesting against the regime. And, you know, I think probably police in Iran are given a pretty, you know, pretty wide range of ways that they can deal with these protesters. And I, and I think you, you know, I think just like, I think just like in, in America where you have certain cops that kind of police in a way that they want to police, I think you probably have that mindset with some individuals within the Iranian police force as well. So I'm sure they're seeing this in some cases, but I don't know that it's, it's an across the board uh, type policy that they have in place. Right. Right. It's um, it's sad. Yes, it is. You know, and um, at the same time, it really does seem like the um, the protest movement in Iran has definitely, um, uh, you know, uh, accomplished some stuff. Well, it's it's interesting. So you see in Iran where they supposedly disbanded the morality police, and then sure. you see over in China uh, where, due to you know the protests there, you know the the government has walked back a lot of the zero uh, zero COVID. I mean, th- those are two. Uh, those are two countries where the government usually held pretty steadfast in how they treated sure. their. So it's it's interesting to see you know extended protests um, starting to make some change in those countries, and you have to imagine yeah. that will just encourage further protesters uh, and encourage the protests to grow. Yeah, um, it's uh, you know people you you know uh, one voice is not very loud, but the voice of millions can be thunderous. Uh, I have that tattooed on my uh, right below my armpit on my right arm. And um, it's one of the reasons why I tell people to go out to vote. But when, you know, especially if you're living in a world where you do not have the um, your voice, right. your voice is your vote at all times. Um, always be heard. There you go. Uh, you know, one does thing- this mean, Ron, does this mean that my protest for my 49 percent ownership and that I would like to go back to a 50 50 split? That at some point my protest will be heard. Um, well, right now it's only your voice. So if you can right. uh, find some other voices to maybe help you amplify that, um, we can certainly see if we can make some movement there. Okay. Okay. Well, um, so far our Patreons have been very silent. They have. Um, I did put up a poll about a month ago. Should Ron um, allow Brian to come back to be a fifty percent owner between now and the Super Bowl? And resoundingly, no. Crickets. Just crickets from some people. Not one person voted for me. Nope. Um, Very speak, disappointed. Now, we uh, I forgot to mention prior to the show, I did want to bring up the fact that we are uh, just a few weeks before the end of the year here, 2022, coming to a close. And that means uh, the 2022 death pool is getting ready to wrap up, and we are going to start preparing for the 2023 death pool. Uh, looking at current standings, uh, we have friend of the podcast, Jocelyn, in first place with 81 points. I am solidly in second uh, with 66. Uh, third place, uh, we have listener Max M and Patreon subscriber Janelle at 37. Brian, uh, you got on the board recently. You're in fourth place with 13 points. Uh, William Esquire uh, with nine. And then we've got a tie in sixth place uh, with Dom C and Erica M at four. Uh, biggest shocker, I have to think so far, is two-time defending champion Andrew H. 
Leach uh, currently sitting with a big goose egg on the board? Well, if you remember correctly, he is very much a come from behind person. Um, I was speaking to him about a week ago. He told me that he had hired a team of assassins <laughs> to um, basically fly out west and start executing the people that were on his list. Um, he did reach out to Tom Cruise um, from the movie Collateral, where he was going to in one day execute all 20 people on his um did you see the movie Collateral? Did I, you I did not. Motherfucker. That was such a good reference. Yeah, well, it was a good, I'm not, just because okay. I haven't seen it doesn't make it a good, not a good reference. So the whole idea is Jamie Foxx plays a taxi cab driver who is hired by a, uh, 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 by Tom Cruise, who basically says, I want you to be my taxi driver. I want you to drive me around town. I'll pay you $2,000 for the day. Right. Jamie Foxx needs the money. I, mean, I, I know the Absolutely. premise. Yes. And then Tom Cruise just goes around town killing people. And it all turns out that, like, they're all connected somehow. I don't remember how. But, like, yeah, forget it. I am. Just... <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, so um, exciting year. But the other thing with Andrew, in looking at his picks, um, he went with a, a number of older people. Like, I'm sitting in second place, but that's only because I picked Aaron Carter. Uh, who was worth a solid 66 points when he passed away tragically earlier this year. Um, Andrew would need, uh, based on where Jocelyn is sitting, Andrew would need roughly, I would say, five to six of people on his list to pass away in the next uh, next three weeks. So uh, a celebrity carnage unlike that we have seen previously would need to happen. It could be done. It, it could be, be done. There are still three weeks left in the year. Um, so as uh, as we get ready for 2023, we will be posting on our social media uh, the link to our 2023 uh, death pool. Um, so you can go on to if you go on to Instagram, there's a link in our bio. Uh, we'll do it as a post on uh, Facebook and on Twitter. Um, so there'll be again, there'll be a link there, which will take you to a Google Doc. Uh, you just fill that out prior to midnight on December 31st. No cost to enter. Brian. What can people win? Cold cash. Now, normally, normally, um, one of the things that we prefer to do is to ensure that that money goes to good use. Yes. So, whereas, you know, when we play Can You Beat Ron and have proven, yes, you can beat Ron, (laughs) uh, money has been donated to a charity of your choice. Not in the death pool. No. You win cold, hard cash from my wallet, from Ron's wallet. From the podcast wallet. That's right. Ron, how much how much can they win? I believe we do what we do a hundred for first place, fifty for second, and twenty-five for third. I believe that is the uh, that is exactly what we do. And um, we do yeah. not count in the standings. So no. me being in second no. place is irrelevant. Max and Janelle technically are tied for second right now as far as a payout. Um, and then uh, Brian being in fourth doesn't mean anything either. We haven't really discussed how we handle ties, so we'll have to uh, we'll have I to believe have a they, conversation. They, about they, that. they take the monetary. Well, we can. Well, let's do it off yeah, the show. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so again, keep an eye out on our social media for the link and uh, and get in on the fun for the 2023 death pool. And I'm going to say this and I know I'm going you know this can be taken way out of context. But when Ron says the fun of the 2023 death pool, he is absolutely correct. These death pools are fun. Um I know in the beginning I was there was some trepidation 
um, among some, including myself, of do I want to be the person that is rooting for the deaths of um, Hollywood celebrities or sports figures or news figures, whatnot? Um, I realized very quickly Yes, I am. I am that person. Well, um, and also I think what's important to note is uh, people are going to die regardless sure. of whether we we ha we we play this game or not. So Correct. I think it's just, you know, I, I think it's I think it's an it's an interesting case study into uh, the human mind. Correct. And I just I, I to me, the fun of of finding somebody of, you know, getting a uh, news alert on your phone that somebody died and immediately going to the um uh, the Google Doc to see, hey, hold on a second. Did anybody pick this person? Did anybody score points off this person? And only to be found, no. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's fun. And, it's, you know, one thing I've experienced twice in my life is the joy of having picked a, uh, somebody correctly. Um, <laughs> doesn't happen very often. No, but, but every now and then. It's a lot of fun when it does. All right, moving on. Like for uh, instance, hold up before we yes, move on, Ryan. Sorry. Tell me tell me about the joy you experienced when Aaron Carter was dead. You know, it was it was mixed because you know he was, he was an individual with a very troubled life. Um, and you, you felt something like this would might happen. Um, so yeah, it was tragic, uh, but yet at the same time, exciting that I leapt up into second place. Which is which? Usually, I know you prefer to win these things. I, you know, I, I mean, again, I'm very competitive. We said that earlier. Sure. Uh, yes. But listen, Jocelyn also picked Aaron Carter. You can't falter for uh, for making a solid pick, and that's why she is sitting in first place right now. What was her other pick? Let me see here. She mm. took. Uh, oh, she had two others: Nichelle Nichols and Queen Elizabeth. Um, so not only is she number one in points, uh, she is also the only person to have picked. Uh, three correct deaths so far. Nichelle Nichols, that is a solid pick. Yeah, I, I mean, mean there's definitely, just... and that's what's you know what's uh, what's always amazing to me is when I you know we do our picks first before we really look at anybody else's because we don't want to be influenced by no, anybody no, no, else's no, picks. Yeah. So we knock out our picks, and it's it's there's always that I know I think you go through this as well when we start getting our listeners uh, picks in, and then you just see like some a name on there, and you're like. Oh, shit that was a good pick how did i yeah. miss that one yeah. um like i'm looking at like andrew at like he's got pele on there who, who is going through like medical concerns right sure. now I'm like man he's in palliative care why 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 wouldn't we have picked that so it's Correct. it's always it's always interesting to uh to see uh, again how people's minds work and and yeah. really who's really you know in tune with what's going on in the world and the other thing is you can see some people uh you know put down you know different people take different approaches you see how some people tend to go for people that they want to die. Right. Some people go for, you know, uh, you know, uh, people in their 80s because they're thinking like, hey, you know, you know, 10, 15 points, you know, uh, yeah. get a couple of those and I'm going to I'm going to do it. You see some some real long shots in this death pool, you know, like an Aaron Carter. That kid was in his 20s, like 30s, 34. He was Aaron Carter was 34. He was. Jesus Christ, I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> but like, just, just, just to sit there and, and you're looking at people. You know, I, you know, uh, for many years, I think, you know, for most of the of the uh, uh, you know, uh, 2010s, I had Lindsay Lohan in our pool. You did, you did. You know, yeah. I just, I sat there and said, listen, the cocaine abuse is going to get catch up with her. She seems to have gotten her life back a, a little bit more under control. She has, without a doubt. 
And uh, it's a lot of fun, people. When the link comes out, we're going to promote it very much on social media. Um, entries are free. Um, no reason not to join. There you go. Uh, so again, moving on, scientists at the University of Colorado at Boulder uh, recently revealed a uh, somewhat disturbing video uh, showing how much, quote, invisible toilet water sprays into the air after you flush a toilet. I believe we've got the video here. Matt, can you uh, can you pull that up on the screen, please? All right. Let's see if we can get this playing here. So you can kind of see um, on the left is the toilet, on the right, um, they're, uh, I don't know what kind of light they're showing there, but it shows when you flush um, just a, a plume of water droplets firing up into the air. Um, I see that one more time just to truly get sick. Yeah. <laughs> so again, uh, toilet on the left in regular light, toilet on the right in ultraviolet light. I mean, that's shooting a good two or three feet uh, above the bowl and spreading out into the air. Um, so this is, here's my question to you, Brian. Yeah. Is that I didn't realize how many people were unaware of this. Like I have known this for a long time. I mean, it's one thing, uh, one thing I definitely make sure I do when I am home is I close the lid of the toilet prior to flushing it because of this very issue right here. You just read my mind, because as we were watching that video the second time, it made me sit there and think to myself, "Can is there a way they could do this video with the lid down? Because when you're sending that much pressure up and there is a lid on it, that pressure has to go somewhere. Is it being redirected into the toilet or does it shoot out and spray horizontally in the gap of air in between the toilet seat and the actual toilet. There is a question. gap in space there. So by putting the seat down, are you really just spraying that same urine and fecal matter all over your shins? I, I think it uh, I think it I think the lid blocks it and keeps it inside the bowl of the toilet. Um, this was actually they were more referring to public toilets, which obviously most public bathrooms you go into, they do not have lids. It's just the seat on there. Um, and so they their testing showed that the water uh, shoots that at a speed of 6.6 .6 feet per second, actually reaching 4.9 feet above the toilet within eight seconds. Uh, large droplets settle onto surfaces. Smaller ones uh, linger suspended in the air for many minutes, uh, obviously leading to the potential of breathing them in. Uh, they can transport uh, E. coli, C. difficile, along with noroviruses and adenoviruses. Uh, the virus that causes COVID-19 is present in human waste as well. So. No conclusive That's proof. Disgusting. No proof. No conclusive proof that COVID could be uh, spread through uh, through toilet sprayback. That is disgusting, Ron. Yes, it is. Well, again, um, really makes you think. I mean, again, I, I always put the lid down in my own uh, bathroom. I don't necessarily sure. think as much about it when I am using a public restroom. But uh, I don't know. Maybe. But I, I don't think you think care. That. I don't think you care about a public bathroom. Have you spoken to your wife having um, after this video to ensure that she is also putting the lid down? Uh, I believe she does. Yes. Okay. okay. She's a very clean individual. Uh, Brian, what uh, what else we got here this week? Ron. Yes. What are you watching? What am I watching? That is an excellent question. Um, 
what did I watch this week? I, I know I watched something, and now I'm drawing a blank as to what that was. Why don't you tell me what you're well, watching, you and I'll think about it. I um, first off been watching a lot of World Cup. Um, we are we we we've knocked out the uh, round of thirty-two. We have passed the round of sixteen. We were at the quarterfinals going into this weekend. There were four games played: um, two Friday, two Saturday. Obviously, on Sunday, God rests, and um, uh, uh, we are now down to four teams. You are looking at Morocco. You are looking at Argentina. You are looking at France, and you are looking at the Croatia. Yes, Croatia. I won some serious money this week on um, on uh, who did I win money on? I won. Uh, I think I won like five to one on Croatia. Yeah, Croatia was a major upset. Major upset. No, no, no. The big one. Who was it that defeated the uh, Brazil? Uh, was that Morocco? Or was it? No, Morocco just beat. Um, uh, see, this is where people, you're already going to see that we are just so, so overdone. Morocco just beat Portugal. That was it. France beat England. So Morocco and, and um, Morocco. So it's going to be Croatia, Argentina, Morocco, and France. Those are your final four. Um, I believe the quarter, the semifinals are on Wednesday with uh, the final game the uh, next Saturday. So it is, um, listen, people, it's coming down to a head. Um, also, what did I watch? I watched a movie on Netflix yesterday called Emily the Criminal, starring ah. Aubrey Plaza. Yes. Um, it is How was a, that? It is slow moving. Okay. Um, but it is an interesting story. It is the story of a woman who is, I'm assuming, California. They don't really, it's it's not really um, uh, uh, space uh, specific. Um, where she is uh, um, struggling to, to enter the professional work environment. She is saddled with credit card debts, and she gets involved in the high-stakes world of credit card fraud. And it is a uh, it is a movie that in about an hour and a half, it's short, not long, right. um, not a major commitment, but takes you down um, as she slides deeper and deeper into, um, into this world. Uh, I found it very interesting. Um, I'm not going to call it good. I will right. call it interesting. But for an hour and a half, it kept my interest. It was um, watchable. Yeah, absolutely. All, All right. right. Uh, so I watched, I remember now what I watched on HBO Max. I watched the uh, Howard Stern interview uh, with Bruce Springsteen. Uh, apparently, you Bruce. All of it? I did. All two oh, hours God. and 15 minutes. Um, but it's, it's, it's fascinating um, mm. to listen to, because I, again, I, you know, I, I don't listen to Howard Stern regularly anymore, yeah. but he is he is a tremendous interviewer. I think his interviewing skills have just gotten better as the years have gone on. And when when he interviews someone um, that he idolizes, which I believe is the case here with with Springsteen, oh, yeah. um, you know, he really comes prepared and, and he really, you know, gets Bruce talking about a number of topics that I don't think you've really heard about talking mm -hmm. about his his childhood and coming up and um, how he got to be famous and. Um, and then just listening to him play, you know, just pieces of his song. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was well worth the watch. I mean, even again, it was very long, but uh, it, it, it really flowed along, you know, pretty quickly. I find it very interesting how Stern has um, repackaged himself as this man of the people who was the outsider and, um, 
you know, was this connection with the uh, uh, to the blue collar workers of the right. world. Now he is um, he is pretty much the uh, the Hollywood powerful elite who is now um, positions himself as the, um, you know, the partner of the of the, um, you know, of the most famous. And also he has now decided that he is going to be a social critic. True. And and not in the sense of back in the day where he would call out Hollywood celebrities for, um, you know, hypocrisy. Now he's sitting there telling Oprah that um, she is um, uh, uh, that, that that people cannot connect with her because she is bragging about um, uh, her, her lavish home. Meanwhile, there's a man that, you know, owns a uh, nine figure home in uh, the Southamptons. Right. Well, but what is interesting is, you know, some of. You know, some of his comments from the past, you know, he still he still needs to kind of atone for. Um, And and they kind of talk about that, you know, how, um, you know, he had to kind of sit down years ago with with Bruce Springsteen and kind of apologize about some comments um, that that he made about uh, Bruce's music pre prior um, comments that he made about his uh, about Springsteen's wife. Uh, really? Oh yeah. Um, you know. So it was. Uh, you know. I, I think the music he could he could understand, but he definitely sure. made comments about not only his wife but his wife's appearance. Can you remember? Springsteen's first wife, you know, was a Hollywood actress, very attractive woman. Sure. And I think his current wife is, you know, I think. While not not an unattractive woman, just more of a of, an, of a normal person like the rest of us. And so yeah, Stern yeah, kind yeah. of, I, I think Stern his commentary was how he downgraded. And I don't think sure. anyone who wants someone to say that about their wife. So clearly they were able to kind of um, kind of bury the hatchet and have a great conversation. Sure. Um, this was also um, one of the the first big interviews that Stern did since his father passed away. And so to hear Howard talk about his relationship with his father um, in a way that he hadn't when his dad was alive was also very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, and also I, I believe this was one of his first in-studio interviews. It is, yeah. Robin it's looks like she's still broadcasting remotely uh, because, you know, she's had her health challenges over the years. But yeah, one of the first ones he did back in the studio. Um, so catch that. Hold on a second. So he's, rec- so he's doing, he's doing it in his home. She's doing it in her home. And that, that's how they've been doing the show for. for that's how that, I mean, during the pandemic, he was broadcasting from his apartment. I mean, everybody was pretty much broadcasting from their from their homes. I think she's the only one um, that that hasn't come back in. She did have that that battle with cancer a few years mm-hmm. back. So I think she's probably a little bit, bit more cautious um, than everybody else. Rightfully so. Um, okay. Also finished watching Wednesday on Netflix, uh, the mm-hmm. Tim Burton, uh, Adams Family kind of, I don't know if you call now, it a reboot. Was this show or, you said you were masturbating a lot to? Uh, I was not. No, I can't say that I was. Uh, but it was good. I mean, it was it was decent. I You know, I think... Uh, you know, I think they definitely set it up for a second season, but it was nice that they kind of resolved the first season storyline. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, uh, I would say give it a watch. Okay. And then I did not watch. I caught a few minutes of uh, one of the episodes of the Harry and Meghan docuseries um, and was just completely annoyed by both of them. So don't think I could watch all three episodes. I think more come out next Thursday. Yeah, I think they're, 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 they released three this week. They're releasing three next week. And then um, I believe uh, Megan will be releasing Harry into uh, 
the uh, general population where he'll be allowed <laughs> to say his own thoughts. H. Um, she calls him H. H. And that's just H and M. That just annoys the hell out of me. You, you and your wife don't call each other by their initials? Uh, we don't, no. Listen, this is, I'm going to say this. If he's happy with her, what's, yeah. what's, what's, what's the problem? Right. I think everybody is just, um, you know, she, Megan seems, from what I've picked up on, never met the woman, so this is, this is a bit. But she seems to be an opinionated person. She seems to be a person that uh, speaks up for herself and um, absolutely uh, uh, takes a stand on issues and whatnot. And I think that what, uh, you know, people, at least in the, uh, you know, the royal family or the royal fans or whatnot, want someone who's just going to keep to, you know, to themselves and, you know, um, you know, not make, uh, uh, not take any stands on things. Right. Well, I think um, that there's one thing the monarchy monarchy has shown over the years is, is they, they, they don't have a lot of tolerance for A, women that speak their minds and mm -hmm. B, persons of color. And so, sure. and, and when you get one of those individuals that has both those qualities and marrying into the royal family, um, and listen, I don't think, you know, I don't think Harry stepped away from the royal family uh, on a whim. I mean, I think there is, mm -hmm. the one thing you do see in, in, in this documentary is, is their relationship and how they work well with each other. Um, so, you know, it was, it was very, I think it was more interesting hearing his take on things because, you know, I don't want to say he made a greater sacrifice than than she has. Oh no, he did. Um, but he in a way, yeah, in, in a way, he did. He walked away from a potential, you know, potentially being king. Uh, walked a life away of privilege. Let's life just of privilege. Totally walked away from a lot yes. of money. And again, she walked away from a Hollywood career. Um, so, uh, that, but again, there, like I said, there on, were sacrifices. On. I don't know that they were necessarily equal. She did not have that much of a career. Well, Let's be brutally honest here. Her claim to fame was. <laughs> Was she was in suits. suits yeah. And she did the um, uh, the deal or no deal uh, briefcase. <laughs> That's story. right. You're like, correct. Like, she, it's not as if she was Julia Roberts that walked away from a Hollywood career. Fair enough. Um, you know, he walked away from from the British royal family. Um, to me, I mean, I, what, I, what I'm interested in hearing from him, and I'm not sure how much he's willing to open up about it is, but like, what was the level of disillusionment with the royal family after watching, you know, the abuse that his mother took? Well, and, and, you know, and like, yeah, and, and that, you know, in, in the one of the parts I did watch was I know, like the way you say you watch just a little of it. But <laughs> I, may have watched, I, may, I watched like 15 minutes, one episode. Sure, I'll, sure. I'll say that much. But but the part I did watch, you know, he, he does address, you know, in in seeing the media handling of Megan and, you know, all of these. You know what they basically say are fake royal protocols that she allegedly was breaking during his her time dating him you know seeing the way that you know seeing the way that paparazzi went to her half-sister to get stories and paid mm -hmm. her father for photos of him sure. prepping to come up for the wedding like he does talk about how you know he saw a lot of parallels between the way you know the media stalked his mother Mm -hmm. um and how they stalked his his girlfriend and then fiance right. and you know there, he obviously had you know having seen what happened to his mother he then had a very similar level of concern about how the paparazzi was treating his fiance mm -hmm. with the added hate and threats that she was receiving because she was sure. a person of color marrying into the royal family sure yes i mean we we all know the british are not really known for their 
uh, multicultural embrace. Well, they embrace them if they can colonize them and uh, steal all their artifacts put into the British Museum. Sorry. Awkward. Ron, one thing, <laughs> oh my- you know... I'm sorry. I almost forgot, Brian. We're running up on the end time, and we forgot to talk about football earlier. Oh, my goodness. Ron, Here we go. how did you forget? I mean, this was – I mean, I, I thought we – Well, hold on. Matt's going to get upset if he doesn't get his bumper played. Locks. First off, Ron, let me congratulate you. You went 2-0 and o this week. You are now – um, a solid 28 and 0 for the season. Right. Um, Eagles, Giants, you just handled it so um, expertly well. You also, um, you know, it's almost like you picked the winner of the Chiefs Broncos game while blindfolded. Um, your ability to just pick winners, so impressive. Well, I mean, again, uh, right back at you. I mean, it, you made it seem like child's play uh, with, you know, in, in looking back at your picks for Minnesota, Detroit, and, and Baltimore, Pittsburgh, uh, rivalry week this week. Um, it just, you just made it seem seamless that you made it to 28 and 0 also. So I yeah. am, I am very, I, I'm as impressed with you as you are with me. It's going to be special. Yes, it is. It's going to be very special. Um, Ron, who do you got this week? So week 15, um, I like uh, I like a couple of road teams. Uh, Dallas at Jacksonville. I'm taking Dallas minus six. And then New England Patriots are going to Las Vegas somehow as an underdog. Still don't know how anyone would be an underdog against sure. Vegas at this point. But New England is getting a point and a half. Loving that line all week long. So lock those two in. Brian, who do you like? Uh, next Sunday, I've got um, the Vikings minus five and a half over the Colts, and I am loving the Steelers minus two and a half over the Panthers, especially after um, what they did earlier today. Um, one of the things I think we, we should have mentioned earlier in the show, and I owe an apology to all of our viewers who are watching this live on YouTube or Facebook, whatnot, um, and um, uh, the comments section. Um, it seems so that the, we've been having technical difficulties. We did get an email from our uh, 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 partners over at StreamYard, the service we use to put this up to produce this episode. They have been having some problems with the comment section. We have been unable to see any of your comments all episode. Um, their answer was, well, after the show, you can look at it. Um, one of the other options they gave us was, We'll stop the show every five minutes, read the comments, then you can come back in. And um, and, and we just said, no, it's 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 in real time. Yeah, um, I wish, you know, uh, I, I, I wish that we had been able to interact with the comments. Um, unfortunately, this week we were not. StreamYard has promised us that they will have this glitch fixed by next pay period. Next pay period. What am I at work um, <laughs> by next week, uh, next Sunday when we do the show. So we apologize to those people who are in the comments. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show. You have been interacting with each other. And um, uh, I say uh, uh, kudos to you. All right. Um, so we are getting ready to wrap up uh, this episode. Um, we will be uh, we will be providing some additional content, obviously, to our Patreon subscribers in the form of our After Dark, uh, which always takes place um, right after uh, this free broadcast. You go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Uh, you won't find the Brian Coffee mug in the store just yet, unfortunately, but you will find a link in the upper right-hand corner uh, to become a patron. 
patron, uh, you join at the bronze level or higher, you get access to the live broadcast of After Dark. Um, and then we also send out, if you can't make it, we understand. Busy folks out there, holiday season, you're out shopping, you're out uh, drinking with friends, having meals, whatever. Uh, we also uh, send out the video and audio uh, after every mm -hmm. After Dark. Um, and again, it's just, it's it's stories that sometimes we're not, we don't have the time to get to here on the main podcast. Uh, some of the saucier, sexier stories. Um, always good for a, a, a couple of OnlyFans stories. So uh, if always. that's the kind of content you seem into and you want to get great merchandise as well, well, uh, mm -hmm. there's some great merch included with the different levels. Go to ronandbrianpodcast.com, not only for all things Ron and Brian, but for all things Patreon. Help support the show. Uh, again, sure. we always put that money back into it. We talked earlier about the money we pay out for the death pool win, uh, the money that we donate for Can You Beat Ron, um, the upfront cost of buying you know, pallets of these mugs, pallets of these lapel pins. These are not cheap. I mean, you, you go to the store, you see how expensive of things are everywhere now nice. um we we need funds you know we take money out of our own pocket all we try and do mm -hmm. is break even and with you folks uh joining the sure. patreon and supporting us you can help us do that just a little bit and we appreciate it so incredibly much um, we do. you know it is uh you know it's it's we don't we don't view this show as a charity um we are just we are we are so pleased and so happy for all of those who have sat there and said how can we support how can we help so right. thank you to each and every one of you. Excellent. Uh, another great episode, Brian. I have to say, pat ourselves on the back for this. Anything uh, anything additional before we wrap up and get ready for After Dark? Love you, Ron. And uh, um, uh, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone out there. All right. Love you too, my friend. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And uh, we will catch everybody next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again.